Welcome to Medicus, a student-run podcast about any and all things in the world of medicine. Follow along as we interview outstanding individuals about important topics in healthcare. Hey guys, welcome back to Medicus. This is part two of our two-part Valentine's Day special, and I feel like I learned a ton from part one, so if you haven't checked out part one, uh, check that out um, and uh, give it a listen. And I'm again here with Mara. Mara, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, Alec. I'm so glad to be here today. All right, so first off, we just want to get to know our guests, so go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about how you met and um, how your relationship developed. I'm Genevieve. I'm an M2 here at Stritch. And I'm Daniel. I'm a, a second year resident at West Suburban doing family medicine. Awesome. And we met uh, just before Daniel started his first year of medical school. That was in Omaha, Nebraska. What were you doing in Omaha? Uh, I was dancing with Bally, Nebraska at the time. Oh, no way. Yeah. How long, how long were you doing that? Uh, five years. Nice. And then, so how did you... Like how do you cross paths? Do you do ballet, Daniel? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but I do do a little bit of opera, so nobody in the area, because I'm from Portland, Oregon, originally. But um, my old roommate said that she knew somebody who was also in Nebraska, um, and set us up. So I went down there um, my first week, my first week in Omaha, and I met this girl. And actually, her roommate was Vivi. Yeah, I was just there. As a third wheel, <laughs> things from just feeling like a date, and then we started to date. So. Oh, that's so, uh, so at that time, did you know that you wanted to apply to to medical school? I was definitely considering it. Yeah, um, I was kind of between MD and MD PhD programs because my interest was first in research and more academic medicine, um, but actually th- in part through Daniel and through people that he introduced me to and that I shadowed, um, that was sort of how I came to the decision that it was medicine and not just MDP. Although we tried all pretty hard to talk her out of doing medicine. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's we true. meaning you or? Me and all my friends. <laughs> we're all like, no, we're, we're all like first, second year medical students, don't do it. Don't get into <laughs> it. It's a black hole. Uh, Genevieve, do you always wanted to be a doctor as well, like before you met Daniel? No, or? that was a pretty late development for me. So okay. I'm my college major is in chemistry. And I was interested in materials, in mm-hmm. green energy, and lots of different things. Um, but through being, well, after college, I knew I wanted to dance. Mm-hmm. And um, so I pursued that for a few years. Um, and I was teaching um, GRE prep classes, MCAT prep classes. And it was a lot through teaching that I discovered that I really loved that um, interpersonal connection that wasn't that prevalent in the research world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is sort of this diagnostic side of especially these prep classes because you're trying to optimize people's scores. And I just liked that process and I liked the the science um, and it just seemed like really the best the best combination of all the worlds that I loved so much. Mm-hmm. And then despite seeing what Daniel was going through, you still wanted to apply. <laughs> yes, I still applied. Um, I knew I could do it with him, with him around, especially. Yeah. It's gotta be a big help now. (laughs) For sure. For Mm -hmm. sure. Um, where, so Danny, you were going to school in Omaha for, Mm -hmm. um, 
for medical school? University okay. of Nebraska okay. Medical School. Cool, cool. And so you did that for four years, and then what, I guess, pushed you to, to, to choose family? That was the plan from the start. Um, like, ever since high school, I had a pretty uh, big passion for preventive medicine, mm-hmm. um, heavy focus for diet, nutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's always the, the plan from the start. And then mm-hmm. going through third year, I was interested in surgery, interested in a couple of things, but still just felt the pull back to family medicine overall. Mm-hmm. And then you did your residency. You're doing residency here. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. great. So did it match up then with you going into medical school, Genevieve, and then you, Daniel, coming to Loyola? Did did it match up perfectly, or how'd that work? It was quite serendipitous. <laughs> no way. Gotta say. Yeah. Um, it, it was the most nerve-wracking experience, too. Oh, Yeah, wow. it was a little hair-raising because we had mostly – Uh, applied to programs in Portland where Daniel's family is from and in Chicago where my family is from. Mm -hmm. Uh, Having the parents there is really good for family support. At that time, we had a one-year-old and just knew that we needed to have help with the Mm -hmm. Mm one-year-old. Yeah, and then I didn't get an interview at OHSU and there's not too many options out there. Um, But we went ahead and um, did Daniel's ranking and I knew mm-hmm. that if we matched to Portland that I would just reapply in a year mm-hmm. and that would be fine mm-hmm. uh, but as it turned out Daniel found out that they that we were going to Chicago and so I said wow I get to go to medical school this year that's great oh, wow. <laughs> so you had already gotten in here but mm-hmm. you weren't sure if you were going to be moving right here got yeah. it got it yeah, that sounds really stressful. Mm-hmm. I mean, like applying to residency and applying to medical school are both stressful individually, and you had <laughs> a lot going on. Yeah, and there's no there's no formal match process. I was gonna say either. that's not like that doesn't count as like the couple like, couples. Yeah, matching, yeah couples right? matching only works if you're both the same year. Mm. Yeah, we did ask try we tried to ask around a little bit, but people weren't super receptive. Uh, Could you um, just explain the couples match briefly for our listeners who might not know what we're talking about? Sure. So let's say um, you meet somebody in medical school. You're both M2s. Um, you hit it off. You have a great relationship. By M4 year, when both of you match, you submit this joint rank system. So usually as uh, one individual, you'll, you'll interview at 15 different places, let's say, and rank 1 through 15, you're your best to worst choices. As a couple, you have a much larger system, much larger rank list, because each one is combined. So let's say my first choice is, let's say, OHSU. And my wife's first choice is also OHSU. So that's our first item, mm-hmm. is both of us at OHSU. And then we can say, okay, me, OHSU, you at this number two program at Portland, me, me number one, me number, you number three. But your list is a big um, conglomeration, almost like a permutation of all the different options that you two can match into. Geographically, uh, or by program, by program, specifically mm-hmm. by program. Okay, because um, you can you can cross. So like, let's say you know you're going into family, Jenny's going into like surgery mm. or something. It still um, works. It still, still works like mm-hmm. that. So, but that's completely off the table now because you are separated in like schooling, right? Mm-hmm. So right. Um, they, they don't take that into consideration. Yeah, it's helpful for people who happen to be finishing medical school at right. the same time. But mm-hmm. for the rest of us... If you're offset by a year, yeah. then there's no luck. Right, or just anyone else in general. Like you're going to end up having to go to residency wherever you match to and your partner's going to have to deal with that and going to have to figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how much of an upheaval it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. Just all of a sudden these people that you've been pretty close to for four years just all kind of dissipate. Yeah, I can but, imagine. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to actually get to know more about um, your kid. And just like, so you guys got married when? And when did you have your child? And all of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, we have a pretty condensed timeline. So we got married after his first year, before second year. Mm-hmm. And our daughter, Miriam, who's now three, was born 
in in the middle of Daniel's third year and of medical school of medical school school. yes so basically year after year is like we met one my first year got married the next and had a kid the next Mm -hmm. year awesome basically (laughs) okay gotcha gotcha and then exciting news now (laughs) yes and that we're now expecting number two Uh, born in july (laughs) after right after i take step one not right after but like right after yeah Mm -hmm. gotcha was there any um did you guys like plan any of that or uh, that sounds kind of weird but like did you did you like have in your mind like okay i'm gonna get married you know now or was it kind of like you saw your relationship like being very strong and you knew it was the right time this is the right person like that whole thing what kind of went into that kind of both i would say um i think there was an element of you know whether we wait a year or whether we wait two years, it's not going to change the decision about the person. And so Mm -hmm. we wanted to do it. Daniel's summer after first year was a lot more free than after second year with step Mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. So it just seemed like kind of an opportune time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I felt a little bit, a little bit hasty, but in the end it's what we both wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And it was the right time for it. Gotcha. For other people that you might have known who have gotten married during medical school, did a lot of them do that um, typically after first year or kind of during third or fourth year? I think a little bit later on. Uh, I saw quite a few after second year yeah. get married. But one of our closest friends in Omaha got married just a week before us or something, and they met about the same time also. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it really just depends on couples. I mean, and we had these conversations when we were thinking about kids, too, of, you know, when's the best time? What do we do? How should we plan this? And we we're both big planners. <laughs> we like to think every, every step of the way, every step. Oh, yes. you doctors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what we kind of gleaned from seeking advice from other couples, other families, was that there isn't really a right time, but that also means that there isn't really a wrong time. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite know. quote that my professor gave me was the, the very best time to have a child in medical school and residency is exactly nine months after you get pregnant. <laughs> Cause it's going to happen whether you want it to or not. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, so how, I, so this is a really cool situation because Genevieve, you saw Daniel go through medical school um, and you were that parent slash you know, doing your own thing as well. Um, I know you, you're a medical student now, so kind of go back and, in, in time and kind of think about how, how that was for you as one, just like a, a, a partner supporting Daniel through his medical school career, and also as a mom. How, how did that work, and how was your relationship and dynamic like? Let's see. It was... It was... It was pretty smooth, I would say. Um, I think I definitely, looking back, um, understand a lot more of what he was going through at the time. Um, I'll say that uh, there were times when I wished we had more time together, Um, but we always, you know, I think we communicate pretty well and we always made it work and Daniel even though when Miriam was born he was actually on an out of town rural rotation or he was about to start one because she was two weeks late (laughs) yeah Uh, and so that was a little bit tough because my parents had come out two weeks earlier expecting to help out and they Mm -hmm. were too late to help me (laughs) yeah Yeah, they missed it so for the first few weeks I was just pretty much by myself in the house um, day after day Daniel would come home at the end of the week drive his three hours or four hours from his rural rotation 
help me out with some dishes and cooking and things like that. And then he would leave on Sunday evening, afternoon. Um, so that was, that was, I would say, kind of a rough patch. Um, but we knew that it was a temporary thing. Uh, and I like to be pretty independent and self-sufficient. So I just always had this mentality of we can do this. You know, I can, mm-hmm. uh, we can manage all these things. And I wanted to be there for Daniel as much as possible, too, during his second year and things like that. Uh, how was it for you? Yeah, another another rough patch too that we we hit was the step one studying, because um, I had I blocked out my six weeks. I was gonna just spend you know eight a.m. until ten p.m. studying with my like breaks to work out, breaks for lunch, and that's it. And it was and in my mind I knew that it was just temporary. This would be like just six weeks of this intense um, hour, but that part was a little bit lost in translation, I think. And I think Vivi just felt a little bit shunned from the whole experience. Especially because I think her love language is quality time, and that was what I was giving her the least of mm-hmm. in that in that time period. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's hard to it's hard to stress like how important step one is for your entire career to somebody who's not like submersed in the this medical world mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And it must have been yeah. so hard, especially with a new like a new mom. Well, I guess how old was not at that point. Yeah, uh, you were, at that point. I, th- I think I was pregnant at the time, mm-hmm. um, but okay, we didn't okay. have a mm-hmm. kid at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I mean, my job, I had a lot of weeks off, so I would be working my other two jo- side jobs and then kind of be hoping or expecting that Daniel would spend some time with me. But, um, you know, at that point, it just wasn't possible. Uh, I think if I, I mean, what I would do differently if I could go back, you know, would just be to rely a lot more heavily on other friends and um, just kind of find more, fi- find things outside the relationship that would still give me that quality time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And me also, if I were to go back and do it differently, I would say, all right, here's my, my schedule for studying at like eight to, eight to noon is like neuro and then you break for lunch. They also slot in time like multiple times a week for like quality time with your significant other. Like this is important. Mm. It's uh, refreshing for you. It's refreshing. For, it's uh, beneficial for the relationship, and that's actually like as important as like eating and sleeping. Mm. <laughs> that's good advice. Yeah, and just knowing that it's scheduled, you have it to look forward to, and you both can set those expectations that during that time, that's what we're going to be doing. Yeah, it's the expectations yeah. that are. Um, so you you can't really see them or pin them down at the time, but then they can lead to a lot of disappointment or mm-hmm. um, missed signals I guess so now coming up it's going to be your turn to be studying soon for step so um, what are you thinking that's going to be like yeah well at the beginning of the year or back in the summer we were looking at Daniel's possible rotations because he gets he has a lottery for all of his rotations so we decided that we went in favor of one that would be lighter in May so that I could do a lot of my own studying and he could do a lot of the child care, meals, housework, whatever. Uh, and then then more solid rotations for before and after that. Yeah. And during that time, I'm expecting that, like, I'll drop Mira off at daycare, uh, pick her up when I get home from my rotation, and then I'll just be a single dad mm-hmm. <laughs> until he <laughs> until yeah. comes home from studying. I mean, and yeah. that's just what I expect right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. having gone through it, you know why, you know what the end goal is for her. So. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then how about, so, and even going further than that, so step is done. Mm-hmm. You have two kids now. Mm-hmm. 
you're on rotations now. <laughs> How is that going to work? That's where we're um, reaching the end of our planning. Um, right now, my plan is, I'm actually meeting with Dean Sondag about this tomorrow, but <laughs> um, I would like to take a year for research. And the primary objective for that, I mean, besides the fact that, as I've already said, I'm passionate about research and I do mm-hmm. want that for mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. Um, is also to get Daniel th- through the rest of residency um, because we don't want both of us to have unpredictable schedules. So far it's worked because one of us has always had a pretty stable schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was me um, do, working and, and being mm-hmm. a mom when Daniel was in school and uh, being a student for his first year, that worked really well. This year we can kind of pass it off interchangeably depending on who has a mm-hmm. easier schedule. Yeah. Um, but we don't want that sort of simultaneous chaos of me being mm-hmm. on clinical rotations. I don't know what they're going to ask of me next week versus this week. Yeah. And Daniel It works really well right now because um, I can oftentimes help out dropping me off at daycare, picking her up afterwards if my schedule allows. But I'll often be on an overnight shift once or twice a week. And in those times, Phoebe's always available to pick up Mira from daycare at like five, uh, like 4.30 or 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the challenging thing would be that she also had a random overnight and I had an overnight. Then it would be like, what would we do mm-hmm. with the kids? And you have family in the area? Yeah, they're about 20 miles west of us. Mm-hmm. So they can come out, but both my parents are still working. Mm-hmm. So it's not a relationship or it's not, it's not a system that we can rely on all the time. Yeah, or for last minute type things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be a little mm-hmm. tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Once I'm out of residency, though, I'll be practicing full time. I'll find a job that lets me do like an eight to five job. And then I can just be the primary, like stable. Mm-hmm. I, I, you can count on me to pick up the kids from daycare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems like... I mean, it just sounds so mature of you guys. It's almost like you're sacrificing. Like, I don't even want to use the word sacrifice, but you're really taking into account each person's um, like professional goals. And, you know, obviously, like you kind of said, you're going to be hopefully looking for a job that kind of permits you to be with the kids and at home. And then, Genevieve, you're almost hopefully potentially deferring a year, not deferring a year, but um, doing that research here to kind of get everything in order and have that stable schedule when Daniel's schedule is really hectic. So, um, I don't know. I'm just like blown away by all of that. And like, it does take a lot of planning and Mm -hmm. a lot of like, okay, maybe this is not how I envisioned like medical school or residency to kind of go. Um, but I don't know. I applaud both of you (laughs) because it seems to be working out right now. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think I think one important thing in, in relationships is you have to be able to let go of things that aren't important or you have to know what's important to you and to your partner mm-hmm. and to balance that with um, what other everything else, basically. And you have to say, am I OK with letting go of this thing or am I OK with compromising on this thing mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. the sake of the relationship or for the family, even even more so so. Mm-hmm. We're learning. We're still learning. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned that you're going to be um, speaking with our administration to see if they can help you out in any way in this next coming year. What type of resources or accommodations do medical schools have in general for um, students who are parents? So I first talked with our administration, I think last year, about um, having a maternity leave during third year. And they were very accommodating. They explained the flexibility um, in the schedule that's already built in. So missing uh, six weeks or three weeks, three weeks to six weeks is very doable. Um, 
but she also said, you know, we'll work with you whenever it happens. And I appreciated that. Uh, as far as um, longer term, I know that they've worked out different arrangements with different students in the past. Um, I think a year is pretty common. Six months is pretty common. Um, and as far as I know, people have been pretty happy. I've talked to an ob guy in, uh, an M4 who matched into ob guy in, and she talked about taking a year for her family and then doing interviews after that. Um, she said that it's marked on your application, on your transcript, that you took a year off, and people will often ask about it, but uh, it didn't seem to hurt her mm-hmm. aspirations or her reception anywhere. And one thing that I did during medical school, too, is um, so once Mira was born, I was at the, I was in a, an off-campus rotation at that time. My next rotation, I took off, um, two months off, and just, just for paternity leave, and I got to be just home with, with baby all, all the time. And then um, to pay that time back, I gave up my elective month during my fourth year, and then I stayed one month later mm-hmm. um, after graduation, too. Yeah, sounds like it was definitely worth it, though, to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I'd like to ask you guys about how um, you take care of Mira now and how that, how, how you started and your, your original plan, how that has changed, what have you learned kind of in the process of both of you being in you know, rigorous academic you know, hospital programs, um, what have you learned uh, like taking care of Mira, taking care of your kid, um, and uh, what, would, what advice would you give? So. Hmm. Yeah, I was very fortunate to have basically a very flexible first year when she was born um, that I could be with her quite a bit uh, and not feel obligated to go back into full-time work by any means. Um, So that really, I think, established a good early bond with her, um, and I'm really grateful. And I hope that we can have at least a little bit of that for a second and for Mm -hmm. down the road as well. And my two months off also gave me that, that time with her. Mm-hmm. really like come into this role of being a, a father mm-hmm. I think one thing that we've learned is that um, kids are really wonderful they can really adapt to whatever environment you place them in and as long as they know that they're safe and they're loved they can do really well so right now Miriam goes to a very wonderful in-home daycare uh, that's pretty flexible um, is in our neighborhood she has lots of friends she it's a it's a bilingual bilingual school so she's learning spanish um it's a really good environment and we're very fortunate to have that readily available to us um i know other couples who have relied a lot on family or live in nannies um but for us that was that's the arrangement that's worked the best um but also yeah i think the time that you spend with kids is almost always worth it (laughs) So um, even if that means that I have to sacrifice a little bit of study time so that I can play with her for those two hours before bed and things like that, um, that's been worth it for me. Um, what, what do you guys think that, uh, you know, you'll both be doctors one day. Um, well, you <laughs> are. <laughs> I don't know why I say one day. Um, uh, but both of you together will be. Uh, and what do you think that you, um, as a couple, will deal with or have to um, – I guess, work around versus a couple that maybe isn't in uh, the healthcare field or one parent being like a doctor or nurse or PA or something? I think in the medical field in general, um, 
it can seem like there's a little bit less flexibility. It's not like an office job where I can call ahead and say, hey, I'm going to actually show up at noon instead of 8 a.m. or something. Kind of have to be there. Uh, so for both of us to be in that position just means that, um, first of all, we'll probably be looking for jobs that are good at good for supporting parents. We'll be looking for institutions that um, care that we have a family. Um, but we'll also just have maybe a little bit of a different rhythm. Uh, but I think family is very important to both of us. And um, so, you know, whether that dictates specialties or whether that uh, dictates where we choose to practice, um, I think that that definitely will be a priority for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and doing um, doing primary care, like I think I'll have a little more flexibility. I, I can often choose a job that is outpatient only, possibly no call, and that'll give me the time to be um, more family-oriented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I mean, if you want to do orthopedic surgery and still have a family, that's also possible. And um, like I said, as long as the home is nurturing and, and the caretakers, whether it's nanny, whether it's um, the other the other parent, the, the spouse being around a lot, um, that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, Genevieve, what what do you are you interested in in a certain field right now, or? Um, Undecided, pretty undecided. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Pos- probably internal or mm-hmm. something in, in that field, a subspecialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think, um, like, is, is anything limiting uh, in terms of, you know, you, I think you kind of mentioned it, though. You said anything can, it, it can work itself out, right? Um, even if you want to be, you know, neurosurgeon stays up till, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning every morning, three o'clock, whatever, on call, like you can make it work and you, you'd have to make it work, right? But if that's what you're passionate about, that's what you're passionate about. Um, but do you see uh, your decisions ever factor because of your two, your two kids um, mm-hmm. and maybe what Daniel's doing or, or that kind of sense? Is there any like pressure in that? It's, it's always there, right? You, you, it's, it's hard to make a decision um, divorced from those things, from those pulls. Uh, Daniel's been really wonderful. He always affirms, um, you know, if I have an interest at the time, um, I like to do, I, ca- I call it trying on different hats. Mm-hmm. If, if I get an interest in something for a couple weeks, I'll just talk to him like I'm going into that field just to see how it feels mm-hmm. uh, and just to see if it feels right or, or what, what, what sorts of um, reactions I notice in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, pretending that I'm going into this specialty. Mm. Uh, and he's always very, very supportive, whether it's um, palliative care or whether it's neurosurgery, orthopedic surgery. GI came up recently. GI. <laughs> Funny, <laughs> we just had a GI test. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. It's usually whatever we're studying at the time. So, <laughs> uh, But um, I think for us, we also knew that it would be a little bit easier well, we hope, <laughs> um, starting a little bit, starting our family early so that then once I am past that, um, for example, general internal residency, um, both of our kids will be school age. And so um, they'll be a little bit more independent because those first few years are pretty intensive in terms of the parenting and, and how much they need you there. Uh, and so that that's also a little bit freeing in our particular circumstance. You had asked um, how we planned the, the first child, and I think we'll say we didn't really plan her, but both of us wanted it to happen. So it, we're kind of saying, like, well, it'd be kind of fun to have a kid right now, but that's just a crazy idea. Like, who <laughs> in their right mind would have a kid during medical school? 
but oh. both of us secretly <laughs> wanted it enough right, that right. it ended up happening, and we were very, very fortunate that it did. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you and you're right. You you kind of I'm kind of asking these questions like, oh, could you could you please plan your next kid <laughs> around like step or you know something? It's it's hard. You can't. Kid like, number two was pretty precisely planned, but that was also luck. You know, I mean, some you, you can plan things down to the minute, and then with I mean, maybe literally picked a date. I'm taking step on this date. Went back nine months and said, okay, that's when we're getting pregnant, <laughs> and it happened. <laughs> Well, there you go. Watch. She's a good planner. But, <laughs> I, but I mean, it, 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 it wasn't, you know, vol- it's not a voluntary thing at that point. So <laughs> yeah, you plan it to the extent that you can. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I've talked to, uh, I keep bringing up orthopedic surgery because I went to a women in orthopedic surgery uh, event and the um, surgeon there said, you know, she had her kids in, in residency or maybe even in practice. Uh, and for her it worked and she said my kids have never known anything else and um they're happy and i'm happy and so um she didn't have a, a medical husband but um i think the principle is the same yeah you're right kids are resilient and they're not gonna be sitting there knowing that you that something could have been different they're not gonna know that it could have been different if you had chosen differently right What's it going to look like now um, when you're going to be applying to residency? So um, will you be done with your program already, Daniel? I will be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be less pressure because wherever I match, that's where we'll be. And like Daniel said, he's fortunate that in his field, he can find a job pretty much wherever we land, uh, which will probably be at an academic teaching center. Um, So there should be some, you know, plenty of jobs around. Uh, And we'll just take it from there. You don't know ultimately where you're going to match. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, you yeah. can try. Say, I want, I want my darndest to end up in Portland or be in Chicago, and then you might end up in Mississippi instead. Mm-hmm. You just have no idea. It's a crazy situation. But our goals are the same. I think that for this next round is that our plan is to be around family again, especially with two kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was uh, just going to ask if you have any advice um, yeah. for couples who are considering having kids during medical school or or during residency. Make sure you have support <laughs> and make sure that, um, yeah, make sure that the relationship is strong. Like Daniel said, blocking out that time, uh, it doesn't become less important when you have kids. It might change. And um, people talk about, you know, some couples do date night, you know, every week. And maybe that's just not possible with a, a, a kid. But having some time, whatever it is, um, it could be sometimes we meet up for lunch if both of us are free midday or grab coffee in the mornings. Um, but find time for each other and also um, find time, fi- find a way that uh, to take some of the burden off yourself for that parenting so that you don't have to feel like you have to be a perfect parent and a perfect student. You know, find a way to relieve some of that pressure. Yeah. And also, I think just sharing the burden of childcare with your spouse too. And just being fully aware that whenever your partner is doing something around the house, that's something that they're doing for you too, and it's up it's up to you to pay that back in the future. So just making sure that you um, give yourself to both your spouse and your child and the whole family. Thank you so much for coming on, you guys. You guys are awesome. I still really don't know how you do it, but um, <laughs> congratulations again, uh, Genevieve on. Thank on the you. second uh, second baby and um, Daniel 
good luck with uh, the rest of residency. It's all downhill um, from here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just getting a job, right? That's like, yeah. no pressure. <laughs> yeah, thanks for inviting us. It's been really fun. Thanks for listening to this episode. This wouldn't be possible without the support from our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate donations to help fund the production of this podcast. To support us, go to medicuspodcast.com, where you can additionally find show notes, links, and information about our guests. We are at Medicus Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or episode suggestions, submit them on our website. This podcast is intended for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine. No patient-doctor relationship is formed, and the content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.